We're going to be in the book of Judges again tonight. Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1. And I'm going to read beginning with verse 8 down through verse 13, but I want to spend our time tonight mostly on chapter verse 12. But let's start with verse... Well, let me read verse 2, because that's kind of the key to this whole scene. And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. Jehovah said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And now, beginning with verse 8. Now the children of Judah had fought against Jerusalem and had taken it and smitten it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites that dwelt in the mountain and in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites that dwell in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron before was Kerjath Arba. And they slew uh, Shishai and Ahiman and Talmai. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Deber, and the name of Deber before was called Kerjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksha my daughter to wife. Now that caught my attention in that twelfth verse a name that we're familiar with as we've been going through the book of Numbers, and that is our friend Caleb. Caleb, as he's mentioned here. Now, it's interesting, too, that this passage of Scripture is almost a direct quote or is almost the same verses over in the book of Judges, or excuse me, Joshua. Would you turn with me to Joshua chapter 15? The Lord is so gracious to the church on this that he often repeats himself. And, you know, we may think that that's uh, a characteristic in our old age that we don't want to acquire, that we always repeat ourselves. but the Lord has license to do that, and we thank him for it, because he's the one that is constantly repeats the great truths from generation to generation, the great truths of his sovereignty, the great truths of his elective grace, the great truths of how he saves his people, the gospel. He continues to repeat that from generation to generation. And here in the book of Joshua chapter 15, and beginning with verse 13, we have these words recorded. And unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah. And according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even unto Arba, the city of Anak, which city is in Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shishai, Ahaman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. And he went up thence to the inhabitants of Derbir. And the name of Derbir was before was Kerjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sefer and taketh it to him will I give Achish my daughter to wife. And the rest of these verses in this section are the same as we find over in the book of Judges. And I just find that it is intriguing, but it also is such a blessing for us 
to realize that as we go from book to book, chapter to chapter, we're going to find that God is going to repeat himself about the great truths of the Bible, the great truths of the gospel. This is mentioned over in the New Testament in a couple of places. So would you join me over in the book of Philippians? The book of Philippians, God is gracious to repeat himself. He's gracious to us. He knows that we are so easily forget. He, we so easily put things aside. And here we are one more time. It's brought up and it's mentioned and it, it warms our heart as he does that. So in the book of Philippians, we have this, this uh, uh, mentioned, this statement is mentioned about this very thing in the book of Philippians chapter 3. And there in verse 1, we have the Holy Spirit using the Apostle Paul as his secretary and saying, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. It's a good thing that God would have these writers of the New Testament, as well as the writers of the Old Testament, continuously go over the truths of the gospel continuously go over the truth about God, continuously go over about the Messiah, about the Lord Jesus Christ, about his earthly ministry, about his heavenly ministry, about who he's going to save, how he's going to save. There's repeat after repeat after repeat of these great truths. And the church has been thankful for that. The Apostle Paul used that in his ministry. He never failed to write the old, old story in these books. All right, a couple of other places, and this is brought out by the Apostle Peter in the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 12. We find that the Apostle Peter was to write some of these same things. What we find in the book of Judges, it's also recorded over in the book of Joshua. And, you know, some people, and even... Uh, uh, one group edited out all the repeats, and their Bible was about uh, half the size that it is. Well, they edited out God repeating the great truths of the Bible. Here in the book of Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. You already know these truths, but I'm going to go over them again. And that's what we do from Sunday to Sunday, Wednesday night to Wednesday night, Bible class, whatever time, we're going over the same thing. We're not changing our message. We're going over the same thing. Verse 13, yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, as, I, as long as I'm alive, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus hath showed me. Verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. The preacher's not going to be around here all forever, going to come, preach, leave, pass on, and yet this ministry, this message continues on, and it is never old, it never wears out, and it's often repeated. And again, Peter mentions this in Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. He brings this up again. Talks about the second letter that he is called to write. The Holy Spirit gave him the ability uh, to uh, write this second epistle. It says, this second epistle, beloved, 
I now write it unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what the prophets said, the apostles said, we continue to say, we continue to repeat, we continue to go over the same ground. And so it is not by mistake that these things are repeated in the scriptures. We find that it is on purpose that God does this and the church is thankful for it. From generation to generation, God calls up people to declare these same truths that have been declared from the very beginning. Now, as we go back there to the book of, of uh, Judges, Judges chapter 1 and verse 12, we're not introduced to a fellow. We, are, we, are, we have some acquaintance with this brother. He indeed is our brother, this man by the name of Caleb. In the book of... Uh, uh, Judges chapter 1 verse 12 we have and Caleb said now we're going to spend our time on this man tonight because he is very important in the scriptures one of the things that he is important about is he is of the tribe of Judah now uh, Joshua was not Joshua is of another tribe but this is that one that has been well, God said, Judah's going to take the property. Judah's going to take the land. He's going to deliver the land into the hand of, of Judah. And Caleb is here. And it's interesting that Caleb's name means a dog. Now, I mentioned that to a grandson once, and he says, I don't like that. Well, this Caleb, and I pray someday that my Caleb will appreciate the meaning of that name. That, that word dog is used 16 times in the Old Testament, and that number Mr. Strong gave to his Hebrew word to 3611. Now, Caleb is mentioned 36 times in the Old Testament, and Mr. Strong gave his name the number 3612. There is very close relationship between dog and Caleb. One is translated dog. The other one is always translated Caleb. Now, many times a dog is known for the qualities of faithfulness, wholehearted, bold, or brave. That's what we find that this means. And I've heard that there are only two animals in all the world that will give their life for their master. That's a dog and a horse. Most other animals, they could care less. But a dog and a horse... In the New Testament, there is a Greek word that has been translated worship. The first time that this word is used is found in the book of Matthew chapter 2. Now, follow with me. We're, we're going to make a point here. We're going to be looking at Caleb. Caleb's name means a dog. And here in the book of, or in the New Testament, there is a Greek word that has been translated worship. Now let's look at this word. First time it's used is found in the book of Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. This has to do with the birth of the Lord Jesus and some folks that come from a great distance from the east to come and visit. Now I just want to throw this in. There are often said there were three of these men. There are three gifts. I think there are probably more than that 
and every one of them had one of the three gifts, so they brought a lot. <laughs> but how many there were, it doesn't matter. We do know that there were three gifts. Now, they are wise men from the east, and they came to Bethlehem in the days of Herod, king. They, or they, uh, uh, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, verse 1 in, of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now this is one of 60 times in the New Testament that this particular word is used, this word worship. Now the interesting thing for me is that this word worship carries with it, and Mr. and I wouldn't know this, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read Strong's Concordance. And Mr. Strong's definition for this word is to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Now that's his direct quote, to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Now when we get over here and looking at Caleb, we find that he has been given the ability to worship God. And he gives that ability to worship God in such a way that he worships God. He bows before God. He bends before God. He has given up to God because God has worked the work of grace in him. So he is like a dog, Caleb, licking his master's hand. He is so worshipful of God. And God gives us a reason for all of that as we look into the scriptures. So we're going to do a little quick review over in the book of Numbers again. So if you join me in the book of Numbers, let's follow this man, Caleb. His name means dog, and he worships God. He loves God. He has God as the object of his worship. And his very name, dog, it symbolizes what, a, uh, what worship is. It is like a dog licking its master's hand. He knows what that master provides. He knows that the master provides safety, the, and he will give his life for that. He will. All right, here in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, we read, first of all, with regard to this grand brother in the Lord, this man by the name of Caleb. He's a, of the tribe of Judah, and it tells us right here in Numbers, chapter 13. Numbers, chapter 13, verse 2 it says, sin thou me. Now the Lord is speaking to Moses, and this is the time that the Lord is going to call on 12 men to go into the land that, I want to underline this, he has promised to the children of Israel. That's so important, because 10 of them could not believe that promise. Two of them did. Now the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, sin thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan which I gave, give unto the children of Israel. I give this land unto the children of Israel. Underline that. Put it in boldface type and about a hundred point because that's what God said. I will give them this <coughs> land. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, everyone a ruler among them. Drop down, if you would, in that section and look at verse 6 of the tribe of Judah. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So out of all the members of the tribe, Caleb is chosen to be the spy, the man that would go in and look at the land. Now, we're going to find out that there is another, the whole list is given right there, and we find out 
that uh, uh, we have another one that's going to go into the land, and that's Joshua. Joshua and Caleb. We hear of them together so often in scriptures. Now, if you'll travel down to verse 25 of this chapter, you'll notice that they return from searching the land after 40 days. They've gone in. What a time that they have spent in that land. You know, the land is not that big. 40 days, you could get a good view of even Oregon if you're on foot. If you travel 10 or 20 miles a day, you're going to get a pretty good view of Oregon. Well, they're spending 40 days there in the land of Canaan, in the land the Lord gave the children of Israel. Now, it tells us there as we follow through, verse 26, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sinnest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Now, we could read just a little bit earlier in this chapter and find out it takes one man, or two men, to carry one bunch of grapes. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And they're coming back and they're telling that. But verse 28. Now, there are several times the word nevertheless is used in Scripture, and we appreciate it. You know, the gospel went out, good news went out there among one of the time of the kings. And... Uh, Come, come to Jerusalem and, and participate in the Passover. Come down and let us worship God. And a whole bunch of people said, oh, not on your life, we're busy. Nevertheless, a few of the tribe of Asher and another tribe came to Jerusalem and participated in the Passover. So we like that nevertheless. We, not, we like when God deals with us and makes us a nevertheless. He puts in our heart to come. Well, this, nevertheless, is not a good nevertheless. In, in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, and verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, they, uh, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land to the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, here we are, our dog, our faithful dog, our dog that God's going to say had another spirit. That's the only way he could speak the way he does. He believed God. We have a chapter in the book of Hebrews written about this man. By faith, this faith that God gave him, the faith of God's elect, he comes back and Caleb still the people before Moses. Now, one of the things that I appreciate about Caleb in that passage of scripture is that People seem to have respected him enough to calm down and let him talk. Now, it's not going to be very long. They want to stone him, but they're going to let him talk. And he says, still the people before Moses had said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able, not just able, we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. You know, these people just could not see God. 
They could not see the power of God. They could not see that God had given them that land. They were blinded to it, just like so many are blinded to the Word of God. They're blinded. They have no faith that the Word of God... As, as Mike and I were talking the other day, and it's how many commentaries, it seems to be their job to create doubt. And I mentioned that about... Uh, uh, that one man who had his thumbs and his big toes cut off, and he said, I've done that to 70. I don't know how many commentaries I read that said, well, there couldn't have been 70 kings. Ah, you know what? They weren't there. They were not there. It's like people get on the, on the TV and tell me that a stone is 700 billion years old. And I says, man, you don't look that old. How can you guess at something like that? Okay. Anyway, the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. What are they leaving out of this equation? What are they leaving out of this? God said, I will give you the land. They cannot see that. They cannot even, they can't imagine that. They cannot imagine what it is to to enjoy the power of God. They've never had it. They've seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it, but they've never had it. They've witnessed it at the Red Sea. They've witnessed it when it came to giving food. And they've witnessed it and witnessed it and witnessed it. And yet they cannot see it. It is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. The sons of Anak. You know, when you look through uh, glasses that are too magnifying, you just see giants. Look through the eyes of God. I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Well, he, uh, Caleb, said, we're able to overcome. What that means is prevail. We're able to have power. We're able to endure this because God's on our side. All right. Move with me to chapter 14 of this, if you would. And we have Caleb again, our dog, our faithful dog. A dog that worships his master, that worships the Lord, that would kiss him like a dog kisses his master's hands. Here in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 6, 14 and verse 6, we read these words. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. This is the only ones of all those that affected. You know, oh, to see what decision these people are making, the wrong decision. And yet I'm sure that they're able to see in themselves, except for the grace of God, there go I. If it wasn't for God's revealing grace, for his effectual grace, I would do the same thing. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. The Lord has already said, I've given it to you. I have given you the land. And they bring that up. Jehovah. Only rebel ye not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. What a statement. That's the gospel preacher. <laughs> the Lord is with us. 
the Lord is with us. It won't hurt to repeat ourselves. The Lord is with us. Verse 10, but the congregation bade stone them with stones. Verse 24, let's drop down in this same chapter to verse 24. And it says, but my friends, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath not followed and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it. You know, there's a verse in 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. It says about Christ, he shall see his seed. I just think of Caleb. The promise is given to him. Not only Caleb will you see it, but your children will see it. Your grandchildren will see it. Your great-grandchildren will see it. Your seed shall see it. All right. Let's follow this through a little farther. And if in, the, in verse 30 of this chapter, chapter 14 of the book of Numbers, in verse 30, we read these words, Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear unto to make you dwell therein. God speaking, the rest of you folks are not going in, except save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. These two servants. Why? Because they had another spirit. Why? Because God had given them grace. Why did he give them grace? Only his sovereignty knows that. Not because of what they had done or they were better than the rest of them. They're born out of the same stock as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're born out of the same stock. They're natural men that God has worked the work of grace in. Verse 38 of that chapter, it shares this. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were men that went to search the land, lived still. God spared them. God was gracious to them. You know, I was thinking about this today. Joshua and Caleb are the only ones I read about in the scripture, and Moses probably, but these two particularly, they did not complain about another 38 years of wandering. Why? Because they knew who was leading them. The rest of the people, oh, we can't do that. We're going to go in right now. We'll take it right now. The Lord said, I'm not with them. And that's where we find. All right. Join me, if you would, in the book of Numbers 26. The book of Numbers chapter 26, verse 65. Numbers chapter 26, verse 65. The Lord had said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. That's what he said back there in Numbers. And this is just a rehearsal of that. Here towards the end of Numbers, many years later, the Lord said, The Lord hath said unto them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. And there was not left a man of them, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun. Not a man left. God's promise to them was fulfilled. Just like his promise to those who went into the land would be fulfilled. Joshua and Caleb could see it. And it didn't matter when. They could still see that the Lord would bless them when they went into the land. They were not going to complain about wandering 38 more years. Because they knew exactly who was leading them during that 38 year period. They were going to move by the cloud and they're going to move by the fire. They knew this God was watching over them. So they are submissive to him. 
All right, now, if you'll turn with me in this book of Numbers to chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 12. We have this mentioned. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 12. It says here, um, well, let's read verse 11 and 12. Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. You know, the, the thing about it, in the word of God, by the word of God, and in the word of God, that very statement is repeated time and time again. It was something, if they didn't have the written word, they had someone telling them, this is what God had said. I've given the land, I've swore, I am swearing, I'm promising the land unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. You know, that's some statement that God would say that about any man, that they have wholly followed the Lord. <clears throat> How can we do that? In Christ alone, we know our own hearts. We know what the uh, Apostle Paul said about himself. Oh, wretched man that I am. And we find that by Job. We find that by Isaiah. We find David saying similar things than that, that it is our nature is against God, but God gives us the grace to wholly follow him. The Lord speaks it. The church believes it. Now, from the outward appearance, sometimes it looks kind of shallow. But from God's side, I have promised it from eternity. I will carry it out. What does it tell us in the book of Malachi? I am God. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I promise it. I will lose none. I promise it. I have chosen many. I promise to bring the gospel to every one of them. In, uh, in uh, Turn with me to the next book, if you would, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1. Deut Deuteronomy, chapter 1, and there in verse 36. Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 36. Once again, we have this reiteration, this restatement, this repeat. The only two out of that generation that gets to go into the land are Joshua, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. Verse 35, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? Without the new birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God. It's impossible. You cannot enter the kingdom of God without the new birth. Well, these men, uh, th these men of this evil generation that see the good land, they shall not see the good land, which I swear to give unto, their, unto your fathers. How many times have we read tonight, I swear to give it to them. I promised it them. It, and they could not take God at his word. Why? They had no faith. God-given faith. Deuteronomy, chapter, I believe it's chapter 10, says, I did not give them a heart to believe. Why? That's God's business. That's God's business. 
All right. And then in verse 36, all right, we have two. We have a remnant according to the election of grace. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou shalt not go in thither. I'm just amazed. Moses recognized that fact right away, and he didn't argue with God about it. That's his promise. But he's, and then in verse 38, But Joshua the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. So we have Joshua and Caleb, this wonderful friend, brother in the Lord, Caleb, this faithful dog that God gave faith to. He's a faith of God's elect. Now, a reading over in the book of Joshua, chapter 14. The book of Joshua, chapter 14. In Joshua, chapter 14, we have this beloved brother once again mentioned here. Joshua, chapter 14. There in verse, we're going to begin with verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me. Isn't that wonderful? He saw what God had said about him. What's God say about the church? Well, Brother Mike keeps bringing out there in the book of Jude, the last two verses, present you spotless, <laughs> without wrinkle, without spot. How wonderful. He said that about us. He said, I'll lose none. All that the Father giveth me. That's talking about me. All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. That's talking about me. How does he do that? By giving us the new birth through the preaching of the gospel, how God will cross our paths with the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, how it will make an effect on us. Oh, how it will, how it will be different, change. We'll look at the word of God with power. It's powerful. All right, it goes on here. Then the children of Judah came to... Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, verse 6, the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that God said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me. You know, that's another thing that, that Caleb recognized about Moses. A whole bunch of those people wanted to stone Moses and Joshua and Caleb. They had no respect. Korah had no respect for him. All those other elders had no respect for Moses. But this man knew him as what? The man of God. He was God's choice in this matter. Aaron was God's choice in this matter. They were men of God. And concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. So uh, we've been here, we've fought, we've won. <clears throat> now remember what God said through his, the man of God about us at Kadesh Barnea. To a lot of people, Kadesh Barnea was a sad, sad event. You know what it was to Joshua and Caleb? 
just another event in their life waiting on God. It's, it's such a blessing that we don't find them going to their tent and says, these stupid people, we're going to have to get stuck in this land for 38 more years because of their being garbage heads. Anyway, 40 years old, verse 7, When was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. It just makes you weep. What a blessing God had given this man. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and the children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. What a statement. And then, and now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I was forty years old when they wouldn't go in. I spent another thirty-eight years wandering around, and here I am, eighty-five years old, Yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both and to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. He just continuously bases everything he does and thinks on the Lord said. Thus saith the Lord. That's all we have. Thus saith the Lord. When it comes to our spiritual things, we hit. our experience is worthless. Our thoughts are worthless. The word of God is everything. Verse 13, And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. What a blessing. This faithful dog, this man of God, this brother in Christ, spent all these years wandering around with the rest of the folks until they all died off. And now I'm claiming the promise of Almighty God. I'm taking this land. Now, Regeneration does not flow through physical blood lines. Turn with me to a relative of Caleb's in 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. Verse 3. Here's a man of the house of Caleb. You know, sometimes we make grave mistakes on, well, there's a person that loves the Lord, and, and look at his family. Whoa, how different is that? <laughs> we shouldn't think that's strange at all. Here, now, the man, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. 
But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb? Caleb's had children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren that were churlish. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the real world. You know, there is no guarantee. We pray that our children, God will draw them and bring them and cause them to see the Lord. But there's no guarantee whatsoever. Caleb was faithful in his generation. He was a man that had a different heart and he was faithful. He continuously said, the Lord has given me this. The Lord has given me this. It's of the Lord. It is of the Lord. All right. Now, would you travel with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4? 1 Corinthians chapter 4. As we think about our friend Caleb, that faithful dog that worshipped his master, worshipped the Lord, worshipped him. How his words portray that, declare that. And here in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, there in chapter 4, Verse 7. Now we say, well, why was he different? Why was Caleb so different? Well, we have that identified in a couple places. The Lord said he had a different heart. Uh, he was able to look at things through the faith of God's elect and say, this is of the Lord. Uh, we can go in there. It's interesting when he... Asked for land, he, he took the land where the biggest giants were and says, we'll, we'll fix that. We'll fix that. We know how to deal with that. Uh, the Lord will deal with them, just like he has everyone else. Okay. Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? So we can say that Caleb would just jump up and say, everything I was, I received. I had nothing to myself. He, he was no better than any of the other spies by nature. They were all broken out of the same nest. They were all children of Israel. They were all grandchildren of Isaac. They were all great-grandchildren of, of Abraham. And we just follow him back. Joshua is going to tell us here in the book of Joshua, he, was, uh, he worshipped other gods on the other side of the river. God called him out. And I've shared this many times, but I love that passage when Stephen brings up Abraham in the Old Testament. He said, the God of glory appeared unto Abraham in Ur of the Chaldees. He was an evil worshiper of idols, and God gave him grace. Well, who makes you to differ? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Well, we follow Caleb's life through there. I'm sure there were times he's just like the rest of us. He says, oh, woe is me. But when we follow his life in the word of God, we find out I'm going in. He's promised me the land. I'll have to wander around for 38 years. I was 40 years when that happened. And I wandered for another 38 years. And I was 78 when that all happened, when we got to come into the promised land. Well, he never lost that. God continue to bless him. And now, here in our reading in the book of Judges, as we read over there in the book of, of, uh, of Joshua, he said, whoever will go take this city, 
I have my beautiful bride, my, my bride, my daughter, my beautiful daughter to give to that one. And you know what? A man said, I'm going for it. Let's go back there to the book of, of uh, Judges for just a moment. In closing, the book of Judges, chapter 1, there we read verse 12. Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath-sephir and taketh it, to him will I give Aksha, my daughter, to wife. And Othniel, now that's going to be an important person here in just a moment. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. And he gave him, Aksha, his daughter to wife. What a statement. We're going to use stop here and we'll look at that passage of scripture, Lord willing, next Wednesday as we find look at the uh, down through here as she asks for a spring of water. All right, we'll stop there. Lord willing, we'll pick this up in our next meeting on Wednesday night.